Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Set of Wild, episode 152, a regular YouTube web series podcast thingy. My name is Matthew, as usual. I'm joined by two good friends and co-hosts uh, for the first time today. What's up, guys? Uh, deep in reveal season, regularly scheduled content. Uh, how are y'all doing today? I don't know how deep we are in the reveal season schedule, but fortunately, we weren't very deep into that episode before your mic uh, was realized to be muted. Um, so... I'll just repeat my same joke, and I'll say that, uh, you know, we've seen a handful more cards now, and I can say without a doubt that uh, Showdown and Badlands is saved. I don't know if I can repeat that same energy that I had. I was so excited about the NBA season kicking off, and, uh, yeah, I really brought it, and then Meowth kind of, um, you know, put a damper on things. Sorry to expose you, Meowth, just throwing you out there to the wolves for the audience. Look, I I think it's better that you throw me the wolves here than us have to re-record a 45-minute episode because I realized at the very end that my mic is muted. So I'm sorry, everybody that's listening. I'm robbing you guys of, of Corb's energy and Raffle's joke. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. You'll have to forgive me. I'll try better next time. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're deep in, dude. We've already got like 45 cards revealed. That's like a lot. We're, we're, we're in there. We're in reveal season, deep into it. Um, before we actually talk about new cards, though, let's talk about what's going on right now. Let's talk about the present and I guess like the very near future. Uh, so Blizz did announce the patch that's going to be happening on Thursday. Um, and man, did they kill Druid. Uh, thank God. Uh, so lots of, lots of nerfs coming in. Uh, and a couple of unbans and wild uh, to, to a couple of cards. Let's start. Uh, Druid getting like two specific class nerfs, but then all of these neutral nerfs that we're going to talk about as well. Also basically targeted at Druid in, in Standard. Uh, but specifically, uh, Embrace of Nature going from 1 mana to 2, and Rake going from 1 mana to do, uh, to 2. Uh, Druid has a lot of redundancy right now, but Embrace of Nature and Rake are two cards that stand out as particularly integral to the class. They're also weight, both too efficient for their cost. Yeah, Rake was busted. Uh, these are the two most standout choices. Embrace of Nature and Rake, I mean, Embrace of Nature hits the, the hybrid Druid builds, but Rake, I think the most notable thing for Wild... Uh, big hit to uh, to Questline Druid, and uh, you know to a lesser extent that hybrid build as well. Yeah, I mean we've talked previously about in slower Druid builds that like don't even incorporate any other hero power synergies. Rake was just a card that you played because it was so good, and so that's like if it's a synergy card that's so strong that it's played outside of those synergistic decks, that it's probably just too strong of a card, right? Like this is designed with like hero power. Uh, amplification in mind and it just stands out on its own as a card so it's just too strong 
Um, and Embrace was doing like silly things in increasing the consistency. And some of that was eventually like things move over to wild a little bit slower, but it was spilling over into wild too with like the hyper uh, draw ramp druid uh, that we're starting to see. Yeah, um, I have a little bit of mixed feelings about this patch, but they they have really gone after Druid, and the thing is, though, I'm not mad about it, you know? I'm not mad about it at all. Like, they, uh, Wild really picked up a fat dub here by getting the rake chains. Like, there was a chance that maybe they only did the one, so, like, uh, for Wild specifically, like, it's awesome that we had this, because, um, you know, spoiler, uh, like, two of the three best cards in Questland Druid just got hit, so that's kind of important, that's kind of a big deal, so can't be upset about that. Big big dubs for uh for all the druid haters out there in the universe, you know, both standard and wild. Uh, let's talk about kind of the the next big one, uh, and that is Yogg-Saron. So we we talked about him last week. Uh, you know, zero mana Titan that uh, does some really powerful effects seems really broken, and so they decided that it will never cost zero mana. Um, so it is going to be nine mana flat, no discounts from casting spells or anything like that. He will always be a nine mana Titan. Uh, but he does get a new passive ability that whenever you use one of his abilities, right, the Mass Hysteria, the Mind Control, the Tendies, uh, Yogg also casts two random spells, fitting back into that that good old Yogg, kind of the classic Yogg feeling. Um, and so just to, to touch on the dev comments right, uh, real quick, they wanted it to be a powerful, exciting marquee card for the mini set, unfortunately, and that it ended up being too overpowered for too long. Uh, we're removing the cost adjustment effect instead of bumping up its cost for two reasons. We want the card to be played in more than just spell-spamming decks. And this is the change we're most confident will land at the power level we want. Uh, so, so yeah. Yogg, uh, is it safe to say that like a 9-mana Titan in any deck that's not Big Priest or Big Shaman is, is kind of dead and wild? Uh, yeah, I mean, the cost reduction is what was carrying the card, right? The, those, the abilities and 0-mana are just like, cannot you cannot be rationalized like that you cannot allow those two things to coexist together uh it's kind of silly that they did for as long as they did but like zero mana mind control zero mana mass hysteria that's too strong <laughs> like, um and uh the decks that came out of it uh proved that to be true like it it was very apparent very quickly that like it was too strong um unfortunately because of the patch timing it took a, a while for adjustments to be made but like i I kind of like this change. Uh, I, I talked last week about how it, it's a bad sign if, like, Yogg is a, um, like, a relevant part of competitive play. Um, and he was. So uh, maybe maybe this will... I don't know. This brings him more in line with, like, the spirit of uh, what Yogg typically is anyway. Um, and isn't, like, a stupidly powerful card um, anymore. Man, F this card, bro. I hate Yogg. I've been, like, it's been festering the past few weeks. It, Yogg has been slowly inching up, and he, he got there. He got into my top 10 most hated cards of all time. I despise this little bastard. I'm happy that they've killed him. I love that they've officially put the word spell spamming into the official, like, Hearthstone dev lexicon. That gave me a little chuckle when they, they did that. But I'm so happy with this change. I'm so happy that we're not getting a, like, oh, it's a 5-mana nerf. It goes to 20-mana, and it's like, oh, yeah, we still play it on turn 4 in Rogue. No, none of that. 9-mana card, unplayable and wild. Never have to see it again. Get out of my game until the big shaman summons it on turn 3, but we worry about that next patch. Yeah. I was about to say, they... 
They killed this card in, in all the unfun decks, but they left this for the uh, the random big priest with Amenthul and Yogg. So, you know, that's got that going on for him. So, and I'm so happy. favorite to... decks, guys. Meowth's favorite. Yeah. Dude, I've I'm actually had so really... much fun playing it. I can't even try to argue again. You know, I've had so much fun. Dude, I'm really uh... scared of that becoming a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, they preemptively nerfed Shadow Essence, dude. They knew. They they absolutely knew. Um I would I would also say that this was like the harshest nerf that we've seen in a long time until you scroll down in the patch notes and, see, and you see what they did to Jailer. <laughs> but but look, I, I'm with you though. Like this card was obnoxious as hell to play against. I'm so glad that they gutted it. I know people are out there and they're sad that y'all got nerfed because they were finally happy for a competitive y'all. There there are people out there. There there are people out there. I know those people. I'm so glad it's chat. gone, dude. I'm so happy. I, <laughs> I, I have heard I have heard those complaints. And what I have to say to you. I don't care. Dude. I don't care. Like your your enjoyment of this card is not as great as the misery that it brought upon others because like like we talked about last week it's one of those frustrating cards that punishes you for winning games of Hearthstone and those are awful. So get out of here. All right. I'm also ready for uh I know Corb, Corb has his tier list. I'm ready for the uh the 64 March Madness bracket, you know. Uh, just like they did for the best Hearthstone cards of all time, the most hated Hearthstone cards of all time. I'm ready for that Twitter that's actually, poll. Man, that's a great content idea. Like, I'm going to drop that. Let's do it. Okay. You're I think, welcome, dude. Just make sure you tag me and give me credit, and then you're good to go. Yeah. Sorry, I think somebody already did that. They just named it the most broken uh, Hearthstone card, <laughs> and then it just ended up being the one that people hated the most. So it's it's over. Uh, Demon Seed won. Um, it was just a they the original poster got the title wrong. Side tangent, that bracket, some of those, like the round of 64 and round of 32 matches, I don't understand some of those what? results, but, you know. Again, it's because the title was incorrect on the on the bracket. Is the, if, you, if you just think of it in terms of what the title actually should have been, it's correct. Fair enough. All right, let's, uh, let's finish talking about these patch notes so we can talk about some new cards. Uh, before we get to what they did to the Jailer, uh, let's talk about Prison Breaker. Uh, so this has been one of those cards that we kind of... Not really slept on, but we weren't really sure how impactful it was going to be when we saw it in the mini set. Turns out, in the spell spammy decks, as they uh, like the Blizzard devs termed it, um, it ended up being really, really good. Uh, like a, a one-sided Dustbreaker that also hit the opponent's face seems pretty good uh, when you get to have it active on turn four, turn five, like Druid and Rogue kind of tended to do. Um, it has now been nerfed to uh, to do two damage to all enemies. Uh, two damage is a lot less than three. Um, and so, do you guys think Prison Breaker's still seeing play? I, it's tough to say without like with the context of Yogg being gone as well, right? Because like the the decks that Yogg was present in were in part being amplified by the existence of of Yogg, right? So you had like it wasn't just that Prison Breaker was a very good card, and I think I can comfortably say like I just completely goofed on this card, like I, I overlooked it. I think a lot of people did, um, but. I, it's hard to evaluate not just because of the reduced damage, but because of the re reduced incentive for just spamming spells, right? So now you have Arcane Giant, which is still very strong, um, and you know Druid has the Owls and that kind of thing. So like there is still incentive there, but you lose one of the main payoffs. So are those decks going to be strong enough to uh, be as big of a part of the the meta game while losing Yogg and while losing you know a pretty big portion of uh of the, what made prism breaker strong as well so i think i think it's tough to say it's still probably a good card in that type of deck it's a matter of if those types of decks are 
uh, good enough to hang on. But at the same time, like the two to three breakpoint we've seen historically is a big deal. Um, you know, a little bit more so than something like four to three. Like that, the, it it becomes a pretty relevant deal. Like three health minions are pretty common. Yeah, uh, Prison Breaker was slowly kind of making the rounds in Wild. Uh, people started incorporating it a lot in Mill Druid, um, in the the Hybrid Druid, and man, it looked real good. Like, thank God, uh, Wild players a little slow on the uptake. Otherwise, this uh, past month could have gotten a lot worse. I think uh, there's a very good chance that it could have been correct, even in something like Miracle Rope. Um, like, I would not be shocked at all if, uh, that was a thing that would have been quite good, and maybe that could have, like, really done some damage to a matchup like Shadow Priest. But, it doesn't matter, because to me, the card is dead now. So, I, like, I do think that breakpoint, uh, is way too brutal. I, I went through and I looked at a lot of the, uh, the DL2 AoE cards, and most of them really suck. The only ones that really landed, uh, for the most part, were, like, the mage secret ones with Chatty Bartender and Flak Mage. But, uh, I don't know. Two damage is such a brutal breakpoint in Wild compared to three. Like, you've always seen that. Um, it's, it's really critical. So, um, huge nerf. I think this is a bigger nerf than if Breaker went to five. Like, uh, this is a bigger nerf than a mana change. And that says a lot. So, uh, card unplayable. Um, R.I.P. Prison Breaker. You never really had the chance in Wild to really shine. Yeah, yeah I hundred percent echo all of those sentiments. I was I was playing a little bit of the the OTZ Druid that he hit rank one with uh, a little bit yesterday, and I was like, man, this three damage AOE on turn four is insane. Like killing even shaman boards, uh, two damage doesn't do shit to even shaman boards anymore. Like it doesn't it doesn't do anything. It's, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, unfortunately, I kind of agree with you that uh, this card seems very unplayable now uh, in Wild. All right, now let's talk about two cards that are, are, are definitely unplayable in Wild, um, and, and for good reason. Uh, Tony and Jailer have both been changed. Uh, so I'm going to run through these comments, uh, or the changes in the comments, and then, and then we can, uh, you know, pay our respects. <clears throat> uh, Tony, five mana to seven, but his text has been changed. Uh, so instead of swapping decks with your opponent, uh, replace your deck with a copy of your opponent's finale draw card. Tony is now unbanded wild. So he got the uh, the Elusia treatment while also getting a two-mana bump. And so the dev comments here. Uh, when cards are causing problems when they're played the way they're designed to be played, that means they're ripe for a redesign. Piracy is not a victimless crime, and Tony only really appeared when he was causing problems. This change keeps the essence of his effect, but avoids the sharp play experiences he caused. I, I swear you could just take out the Tony and put in Elusia, and it would be like the same exact thing. Um... Yeah, uh, Tony pretty much unplayable now, uh, especially with the bump to 7 as well. I'm going to touch on the Jailer real quick because I think this is the hardest nerf I think we've seen in a few years, maybe. Um, we all know what the old Jailer did. Uh, destroy your deck for the rest of the game, your minions are immune. Uh, now, he only makes himself immune uh, instead of your entire board. The Jailer is now unbanned in Standard and Wild. And so, I'm, I'm not even going to read this dev comment. They they wanted to kill this card and not really have it be playable, and uh, I think they, they did that. So, so yeah, Tony and Jailer, they're both unbanned now. That means Wild is saved, right? Yeah, exactly. There's um, th That was the thing that was holding back Wild for so long as Tony and Jailer. Um, I think, in particular, they wanted to remove the interaction between Tony and Jailer because, historically, it's you know been pretty toxic. Uh, in standard in particular, where you just delete the opponent's deck effectively permanently because there aren't many ways to get like kill a Tony through <laughs> a, a Jailer interaction. But it would still be pretty toxic now where you just like have a deck still and 
or permanently have a, a deck still and immune minions for the rest of the game. So it's like, it, it's still kind of annoying to pair the, the two together. So I, I'm, I'm fine with this. I think Tony is maybe an interesting card with this effect if he's back at five mana in the future uh, in, in wild. Like, I would play that card. That sounds fun to me. Like, um, uh, you know, you could still do goofy stuff with like Myra's draw full hand and then play Tony. I'm, I'm into that without like the toxicity of like, I don't know, forcing your opponent into fatigue, which is not very well received from like a player perspective. So I don't, I don't know these cards. What's the saying? These cards have had their time in the <laughs> the the shine. It's it's good to see them go. I don't care. Get them out of here. It's like the yog thing. Who cares? Get them out of here. They're they're dumb. I was so sure you were gonna say like harvester, uh, like in priest with the Tony. Like, uh, does that work? Sure. I feel like yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, copies, yeah, yeah, it's copies. Like that that yeah. would be fun too. Yeah, no, no I, yeah. I, like that type of thing. I'm I'm all for like. You, the reason I didn't say that specifically, you, you can already do that with Benedictus. It's fine. <laughs> oh, sorry. Of course. Yes, of yeah. course. Benedictus. Um, but yeah, no, they, they wanted to gut this completely. Um, I mean, it's got, Tony's kind of a little bit of a weird card now where it's kind of like a, an Elysiana. So like if the meta ever goes like... Like if we go to like, like a four set meta and standard again, and you know there's like control priest mirrors and that slow deadly archetype, he is going to be the fatigue tax because there's also going to be no Renathal. Um, so, like, there is some slight risk there, maybe, like, in terms of, but I guess the thing is that you can't really get ahead in fatigue with this, um, it just sort of evens the playing field, so that does make it a little bit different, but it is actually, like, a fairly interesting goofy card, like, if back at five, and it's so useless at seven, but whatever, the people that are interested in this kind of thing are probably gonna be fine playing it at seven, it'll be a very tiny portion of the playbase, because it's really, really bad, um, but yeah, uh, Jailer was actually a card I was kind of looking forward to having another go at in Wild, I think for the Jailer in general, can create fairly frustrating experiences for people, but in terms of the, like, fairness of it, in terms of the, um, like, what it does relative to the field in Wild, it's really not that bad, I, I think, in a vacuum, but... Now you won't be able to do it in things like Reno Paladin. I think Reno Paladin was a great home for the Jailer. Because Would you be Nos. able to do it in Reno Paladin anyways? Now that the Tony's banned, or like, I mean, not Tony anymore. Like, would you still be playing the Jailer stuff? Well, well, you still have both, but like now you don't. Uh, like, so that's the real big difference. Uh, and now it's just like dead as hell. Is that a bad thing? No, like I don't think I don't think it's the worst thing. It's just like I think the Jailer was kind of fine. For wild yeah. and oh, yeah. it did make those decks wild, but it, it, if it's dead, it's whatever. Yeah, like, I, I think I agree. It doesn't seem like egregious in power level, but it wasn't like a fun thing to play against. So I don't think I'm sad that it's gone. Like a yeah. line cracker, maybe you yeah. know, like that kind of thing where it doesn't end the game, so people get pissed off. But it's like in terms of like big context of wild, it's like yeah, yeah, fair yeah. I, I think line cracker is actually a really good comparison where it, like because it because it leaves stubborn people stuck in a game. Um, it makes it more frustrating than it, like its win rate would suggest. Yeah, fair enough. All right, all of these changes uh, kind of coupled together. Uh, the druid dominance, both in standard and wild, seems like it's getting curbed as intended, uh, with a couple of off off target changes. Right to, to like Miracle Rogue because you're losing the Yog, and uh, I guess RIP Reno Paladin. Uh, your your only win condition is now gone. Um, any any hey, other kind of. Hey. Hey, Reno Paladin your, your has some condition. Right. No, no, no. The Thaddeus, that Thaddeus Ida's Holy Mackie thing. That's actually oh, that's like true. Good. 
I forgot that Anyways, that Thaddeus sorry. change is real. Okay. Regardless, uh, <laughs> in terms of normal wild meta stuff, uh, <laughs> I mean, obviously the Druid and the Rogues are going to come back to the the rest of the pack. Uh, are you guys happy with these changes in, in terms of wild? I think it to Corb's point earlier, it's maybe about the best we could have hoped for. Uh, just because, like, we were assuming that... Uh, the the two miracle spell spam or the three i guess you could say uh the, the spell spamming decks were going to get hit just by yog but uh we also saw the prison breaker get hit which is you know was starting to pop up in wild and then most importantly rake getting hit as well so kind of like you know not deleting questline druid by any means but like uh, certainly reducing its strength a little bit so uh, yeah um probably about as good as we could have expected going into the patch that was targeting standard still hit quite a few of the problematic decks in wild yeah this is an excellent add-on to the wild patch that we got last month like it's the the next piece in the puzzle it's the next layer uh if you will um so yeah i, I think this is about as well as we could have expected um the yog change is excellent for wild when you consider what the alternatives could have been so like awesome like the rake change excellent like little bonus on top um miracle rogue suffers a lot from this the the card was the deck was very dependent on yog i'm sure it'll still be um somewhat competitive because it was before yog but uh more in like probably tier three type range uh questline druid was looking actually pretty solid before yog and then everything else has been gutted but there's still like a big change you know like uh it's it's a big deal so it makes druid a lot more targetable as well which is kind of like the biggest important thing you don't have mechs but you do have the ability to go wide on the board and feel a lot more comfortable um or it, it, like even like with early game aggro decks like pirate rogue or even shaman like there's going to be a lot more opening up for those types of uh decks to be able to actually beef druid now so that's really important so yeah super super happy with these um and f yogsaron preach all right. Uh, one last thing to touch on real quick is that some of the anomalies have been removed, removed from the anomaly pool. I'm not going to dive too deep onto this. We're not going to talk about it. Basically, the, the really polarizing ones uh, have been removed from, from ranked play. So you're not going to see like the coin one or your minions or spells costing less. Um, so it should remove some of the, the feels bads that could potentially happen uh, with the anomalies. So, um, you know, I, I think the anomalies have had their time to shine as well. Um, but... I, I just realized the anomalies are going to be in this upcoming Masters Tour that's yep. like this weekend and yep. i i hope that we just get the absolute biggest shit show <laughs> me, too. me too i think that's specifically why they remove these two is going into the masters tour but it's still gonna be funny when they pop up man <laughs> Cor- yeah, corb like is obviously somebody who lives fun. on reddit so he's ready he's ready and he's feeding yeah. for the the, the oh, reddit yeah. post like once someone gets that plus five health and then you know someone that switches who wins the game because someone's left it exactly four like oh it's gonna be so good (laughs) i can't wait uh all right let's uh let's hop over to uh to the cards from the new expansion guys let's talk about some showdown cards uh so the time of recording uh we've had all of the neutrals all of the priests and all of the uh the death knight uh, cards revealed so far and so we're not going to talk about all of the cards we're just going to talk about some highlights especially when it comes to the neutrals so if we missed some cards and you're sad that we didn't talk about them let us know down in the comments and tell us why we were wrong to skip over it 
All right, so let's uh, let's start with the neutrals and let's start with, uh, with the one drop, and that's Miracle Salesman, uh, which is a one mana two two with the death rattle. Get a tradable Snake Oil. So what this is is you're going to get a zero mana spell called Snake Oil. Uh, so it it's tradable. Obviously, you can spend one mana to trade it into your deck to draw a card, uh, but it also says deal zero damage on it, uh, which is potentially relevant uh, if you can get some spell damage going, where that'll be zero mana spells that deal uh, deal some damage. Uh, it also, I don't know, <laughs> we're getting Yogg nerfs, so I don't really know if the, the Spell Spammy decks kind of want something like this. Um, but this, this is a card that has a lot of text and it does a lot of things, so I thought it was interesting to bring up. It is also just like on its face a, a one minute 2 2, which is not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, I was going to say, like, as you were going through all of the text, I started looking at the numbers too, and it's like, well, it has a lot of <laughs> numbers on it too. Let's go. Well, why does this have so much stuff? Um, so, like, it, it seems a little bit, it seems like a very, strong flexible card um in that you can play it in an aggro deck just to get a you know a pseudo cantrip type card where you can cycle the uh um the snake oil through your deck because it has tradable so like it's kind of like net one card um off off of it eventually like you uh, you get to split up the uh the cost of drawing the card later so that's interesting like you said the spell spammy decks maybe don't have the same oomph without yog but like we did just have Streetwise Trickster buffed and as well as like the razor pedals and those types of things. So there's like, I don't know, some interesting components there, but I don't know if it's necessary, like because it's a death rattle and because wild is so fast, it's, it's going to be tough, man. Like it, it, it's, um, by the time this dies, your opponent's already like setting up, uh, a, a, you know their strategy and this is just like giving you a support piece to your strategy i guess is my concern so i think it's an interesting card i think it's probably a strong card in standard in in certain contexts but i don't know if it necessarily is like hey here's some you know here's a here's something that's going to spill over into wild yeah definitely interested for standard even in something like sif mage where it's just like another damage spell that's super cheap so that makes sense um in wild uh Undertaker support, yo. Uh, there's also, like, it is very funny in Shadow Priest because it, it would deal damage, I think, with Void Touch Attendant. It would go face for one, so hell yeah, get that Moonfire in. <laughs> would that um, work? Because isn't Void Touch's text, like, it, your damage deals, deals one extra one... damage. Yeah. But it, it's not, I guess it's technically dealing damage. It's just a zero deal amount it. of damage. Oh, yeah, it's okay. dealing zero, it's yeah. <laughs> so I kind of enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, probably not very good. I mean, it is like a zero mana quest completing card in Quest Mage. Uh, we got so better cards that... to talk about for Quest Mage, I think. So yeah, I'm going to be repeating myself a bit on that. But yeah, I don't think it's probably good enough for Wild. Uh, but, you know, solid-ish. All right, let's pivot to talking about Beast Hunter, because you know that we uh, we stand Beast Hunter on this podcast. Uh, let's talk about Bunny Stomper. This is a 2-mana 1-3 Beast uh, that says your Beast have Rush. Uh, that means itself as well. Uh, I don't know, when you pop off on your Buzzard turn, and then you play this, and you give all your stuff Rush, like it's kind of cool. It also works really nicely with stuff like Hadralodon. Uh I'm going to go to Corp here first. You're, you're the Beast Hunter expert. Uh, how do we feel about this card in that, in that deck? Um, I actually don't love it in, in Beast Hunter. Um, like, it's not it's not awesome, I, I think. Uh, if you can get it down to zero mana off the Harpoon Gun, I guess that's, like, pretty damn appealing on the pop-off turn. But outside of that situation, 
I don't know, like, you already have, like, decent recovery a lot of time with Beast Hunter, with the, uh, like, Wind Prays or Spring Paws or Pelican Divers that all seem to, like, pop up in the list, so I'm not entirely sure, uh, if you really want this a ton. Um, it's okay, but I don't think it makes it in. Yeah, some of the struggles that Beast Hunter has is that it's very good, um, at, or at least certain boards seem to be very good at, like, counter-swinging the board back in board-based matchups, but then that leaves a lot of cards stuck in hand um, in matches where that's, like, not necessarily the the case. So, like, the Wound Prey, the uh, the Pelicans, those are those get the opponent pretty good, but they, they're they also pretty fragile uh, when they're not just, like, rushing in, into minions. So it, it kind of uh, solves a problem the deck doesn't necessarily have a big issue with, uh, like you said. It does enable a silly pillager-like uh, boar combo in Rogue, though. Um, you play a scabs into uh, coin scabs into Baron Scavenger, and then um, you play or, and a Sonia. You play this and a bunch of boars, <laughs> and uh, that. I think it's like a potential for like a turn three or four. Um, I guess it would be a four, uh, turn four, uh, sort of a thousand truths if your opponent has stuff to crash into with the uh, the boars. So um, that's kind of gross. It's like a, a new pillager type thing. It's a lot of cards that you have to have, but Rogue has a lot of draw. Yeah, I, this is not going to be the first time on the podcast that we talk about maybe a, a four card Rogue combo that, that might be game breaking. So, you know, just kind of par for the course i i hadn't even heard about that combo but that sounds kind of hot not gonna lie speaking of which i still haven't watched that episode so <clears throat> uh, of south park for the boars anyways uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh next on my list i have dry scale deputy uh so the two minute two two naga battle cry the next time you draw a spell get a copy of it i know you talked about quest mage a little bit earlier uh the spell that you copy procs your quest um I know it's, it, it, the the fact that it's actually a Naga, I think, is a big downside to me in that specific scenario. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this makes the cutting quest mage, uh, but I don't know if you guys have ideas about it elsewhere as well. No, I, I think that like the the upside isn't just that like you copy a spell for quest mage. It's that like the second layer of that is that a lot of the spells generate spells, so you get even more spells off of the copy spell that you uh, spelled from the dry scale. So, like, you just kind of get a lot of value off of it. But, like like you said, um, I don't know. It ruins your ability to tutor Savara reliably is potentially a concern. And then um, it's also just kind of a two-mana. You're spending two mana on this card to get value off of it later when you could be spending two mana on a card that, like, immediately rushes down your quest. So something like a rewind effectively does the same thing as this card already, I guess, is the... Uh, the concern and you can like generate copies of rewind in in other ways so um tough to say but i'm sure people will try it yeah i don't love it in uh in quest mage necessarily i just think that the deck has an abundance of options at this point um even in the reno version i'm kind of a little like skeptical uh of this but i mean it's a very interesting card it it has the potential to like break stuff open in the future for sure um i thought a lot about um, sort of 
uh, like synergy with Vindicator or trying to find other tutor effects that double up on discounting. So like with Ancient Mysteries, you get two copies of the... Two copies of the, Ice Block Baby in Quest Maze. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Um, I thought, you know, about prismatic lens type stuff. Like, I, I don't know. It's kind of like some weird stuff that you can kind of start exploring, <clears throat> exploring with this. Um, <clears throat> even like Shadow Priest. To, to get an extra copy of Mind Blast or Mind Sayer. Like, maybe. Um, I still don't think it's good enough. But it's an interesting card right now, and it could potentially break something in the future. Yeah, yeah It's one of those cards I wanted to bring up, because free free stuff, right, is pretty powerful, especially when it spells, when a lot of things actually care about that. Uh, I also was thinking about it. I've been thinking about Quest Mage and, and thinking about lowering that curve a lot to uh, to incorporate maybe the next card here, which is uh, the Greedy Partner. Uh, which is a two mana, two mana minion, two three, battle cry. If you're holding another two cost card, get a coin. So in a deck with like ancient mysteries and and go really hard on on the low curve with your licensed adventures, your mailbox answers, your your ancient mysteries and rewinds. I mean, this is just a two mana, two three, get a coin for for your quest. Which uh, you know that, that's never been broken and never been busted in quest page. So yeah, I'm, are people still running the licensed adventure? Mm-hmm. I I mean I am I don't know if it's correct or not but I am so yeah I feel like <laughs> my concern is that you already have things that guarantee you the coin do you want something that's maybe a conditional uh, coin right because what if you top deck this after you've already played those cards that you just mentioned then it's just a, but if your two deck's two, three, full right? of them you're super likely no I know have it active, I know so but, but you have, but waiting to play a card. <laughs> is not a good thing in, in in Hearthstone, right? Like, if you draw this card and you cannot play it because it's not active and you have to wait to play it, to me, that describes a bad card, in, especially in Wild. So I am I think it's, like, well below something like a Licensed Adventure and a Mailbox Dancer for a Quest Mage in particular. Uh, I think it's all right in Quest Mage. Um... You know, it's a it's a coin maker. <laughs> like I, I think it does go in quest mage. Um, but I I would agree that I think license is a better card for sure. Uh, Mailbox, you know, obviously has that tension where it, like it, he can give the opponent a coins, which which kind of sucks. So, um, but yeah, greedy partner. Like I can see this going in lots of different things. Um, not just quest mage. I think quest mage is kind of the more most obvious place. But uh, I don't know. Like a, a lot of stuff in wild wants to get to their pop off turn earlier. Um, like, would you ever consider this in Quest Demon Hunter? Uh, something like that. You just play it on two, and then you can maybe coin a Glaive Tower turn early or, or something. Like, would you play this in, um, like, I, I would definitely play this, I think, in even Death Knight. You know, just play it on two. You have tons of two drops in your deck, and you can just, like, coin out a Power Spike turn earlier. Um, you know, I mentioned Prismatic Lens. Tip the Scales, Paladin. Um, like... That is another deck that would just love to be able to pop off and do that thing on turn four as fast as possible. So um, I, th- I think there's a card that is a lot better in wild than standard because two reasons. One, we have better power spikes. Two, we can push the curve lower typically compared to standard. Um, and so, yeah, uh, pretty pretty good card to have in the neutral pool. Uh, I think it's one of the more, maybe the most impressive card in the neutral pool that, was the, that we've seen. Well, I mean, I guess we've seen all the neutrals or, or have we? Um, all right, we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about two drops here. There, I have two more two drops that I want to talk about. Uh, a lot of good two drops makes that that greedy partner value go up. Uh, I want to talk about Gold Panner uh, specifically for even decks and call to arms decks. 
It's a two mana one two, which is not great stats, but at the end of your turn, draw a card. Can happen multiple times. It's like the opposite of whatever uh, peasant is, you know. Um, I don't know. I call to arms decks suck. Need help. Seems really good off stuff like call to arms. So, uh, I the one two stats are the things that that's really getting me. But if you can compare it to something like novice engineer or like loot hoarder, um, when you play those on curve, this kind of does the same thing. Uh, but this also has like the upside of, of drawing you multiple cards. So. Yeah, the I don't disagree with you that it's better than those cards. I think it's just we're past the point where those cards are playable in our format. I think it's the the concern, right? Like the you would probably need to get two cards off of this to justify running it in your deck, and need to get two cards off of it pretty reliably. Um, which it dies to Prison Breaker, so clearly that's not going to happen. Uh, but I could see it in something maybe like an even paladin just because you can so readily buff it. So like just having a body in an even paladin is beneficial. But I feel like you're just getting baited like you did with uh, Papa Rome when he was uh, first Dude, released. Drawing, drawing cards is so good. So good. But tempo. Well, you get tempo a one, two. It's like infinite tempo compared to a zero, zero. Tempo better. Tempo good. Uh, yeah. Tempo is actually what wins in games in, in Wild Hearthstone in particular. Tempo good. This card not good would be my assessment. Damn. Sorry, me up. Damn. All right. Let's talk about Howdy Finn. Two mana, two, three, Murloc. Whenever your hand has less than three cards in it, get a random Murloc. So that means if this is a great top deck late in the game as well, um, outside of just being like a, a good two drop that keeps your hand full, uh, I mean, tribal Murloc decks don't really exist right now and haven't for a while. Uh, do you guys think that this, you know, maybe helps push them back into relevance? No, but uh, I think it's something that could help in the future. Like, this is basically a neutral version, a worse neutral version of the uh, the, the Shaman card, right? And that Shaman card is uh, Underbelly Angler. is yeah. been pretty busted at times, right? So, like, um, you know, you mix in some cost reduction with this which shaman has so it's a little bit redundant there um and murlocs tend to be light on draw so this could be a good support piece if they get other good support pieces uh in the future but like this isn't the card that carries uh murloc decks back into prominence yeah i mean it, it can be better than underbelly so like I don't know, like, like obviously in top deck mode type thing, it's a lot better than Underbelly. Um, you get the three cards immediately. Uh, I don't even know if it's just Murloc decks. I, like... you, you get one card immediately. If you have less than three, you well, get it, a... No, it will fill your hand two, three. You will minimum oh, when, have three Murlocs in your whenever, hand at all it times. Checks, it checks consistently. Okay. No, I'm misreading that. That is a... So, so like, in theory, in theory, if you were playing Rogue with Secret Passage, you play this, you Passage, and you have zero cards in your hand. Before your passage even like draws the four cards from your deck, it will fill your hand with three Murlocs. You will draw your cards from your secret passage. You can like play your three Murlocs. Your secret passage will shuffle back in, and before you get your hand back, it'll give you back the the three Murlocs. So it's so like you're saying always water... checking at all times. Right, you're saying so, Water Rogue is back. Dude, that's exactly what I'm saying. No, okay, that that definitely means that it's a better card than I anticipated. Um, but. There are, one, a lot of really bad Murlocs in Wild, and two, um, like, if resource generation was the only thing Murlocs were lacking, 
then maybe, but that is very far from the reality, especially after like uh, Flurgle went to four mana. Like Shaman is where you would be looking at right now, right? Because they have Clownfish to uh, reduce the cost and and had Flurgle uh, as well as the buff spells. But this is kind of solving a problem. Like that Shaman is also the place where um, getting Murlocs into hand is the least difficult uh, issue for the. Uh, for the archetype. Yeah, uh, Murloc Shaman just doesn't have enough early game tempo. Uh, it just, like, falls to the other aggressive decks, specifically, like, stuff that has weapons, because Murloc Shaman does not have weapons, and maybe that'll change in the future, but... Um, but I don't know, it's, it's still, like, a really that's, good card. That's to the have ultimate insult to Cookie, by the way. How dare you? Well, uh, Cookie doesn't need to be insulted. Cookie knows what Cookie did. Right. The, the problem with Cookie, in when it comes to Murloc Shaman, is that the card doesn't exist. So, <laughs> unless, by accident. Yeah, but this card exists, uh, but it's a good one for Shaman to have. Um, it's also just interesting in, like, aggro druid. Like, if you kind of think about it, it's sort of like a scuffed voracious reader. <laughs> like, you don't... You... Very scuffed voracious reader. <laughs> well, you know, well, I mean, yeah, but Murlocs are typically pretty low cost. Um, in terms of, like, a one-card hand refill, like, how good do you need it to be? It's a two-mana 2-3. Two, like, it's already not that bad in terms yeah. of the the cost you know what as the only official murloc druid uh connoisseur i think i approve of that that is the deck that is on multiple <laughs> occasions carried me to rank one legend so uh i will approve that yeah we're awful approved message uh i mean it's also just good in murloc paladin i know that deck doesn't really exist ever but uh you know it's a good hit off of call terms as well all right let's move on uh let's talk about bouncy board we were talking about you know four card road combos before uh Ooh. Scabs into uh, Bounty Board into uh, Tenmu into Replay Your Scabs and then Zola Your Tenmu and then you have Infinite Tenmus to do the thing. Um, yeah. And then you could play, uh, not a Pillager, but like I guess an Edwin or something with a payoff. A Draka, sure. Infinite mana. But but yeah. I, it all depends on your APM, I guess. Um, it depends on how long the, the animations for all of that take. Well, uh, it, well, not encouraging well, anything, even... but... You don't even need infinite mana, really, because you can, you can Zola the scabs at the very last set. Oh, you can tend with the Zola for the last one, and then Zola the scabs, and then play the. Uh, I think there's like some weird stuff you could do. But then you can like bounce three tenus at a time, right? Theoretically. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know. I think there's some way that you end the combo. I I, I, I saw it somewhere you... mapped out, so I was just like relaying it. Yeah, off yeah, the yeah. Way, yeah. But... yeah. Um, there's a combo but there. Not... Four cards, yeah, it, infinite storm, whatever for your Drocker, your graveyards, or whatever your Edwin, huh. do your thing. Yeah, it's a it's a very silly card. Um, like this will break something at some point in Wild. I don't think it's right now. Like I don't think that loop really does that much necessarily, and there isn't really the absolute final payoff that works for cheap after the infinite ten woos. Um, but this will break something. <laughs> like, there's gonna be a slip-up, there's gonna be some reason why something gets banned, uh, from this, because this is, like, I mean, this could have been the Snip-Snap card. Like, this could have been the thing that accidentally made Snip-Snap zero mana after a portal. Like, it could have easily happened with this, so, um, there will be something that lets you loop tradables or legendaries. Because, I, in, yeah. in my haste, I forgot to actually read what the card does. Uh, but Bounty Board, 3 mana, zero five. Your Excavate, Quick Draw, Tradable, and Legendary cards cost one less, which is why you could do the infinite Tenwu things, because each of your Tenwus would cost one from the Tenwu, but then they get discounted to zero off of Bounty Board. Yeah, I forgot. Yep. I was so excited about Rogue Combos, dude, I, I forgot to read the card. So I think 
I think the uh, the mentioning of um, like Snip Snap is a is a good look because like you have a relatively innocuous card looking card like summoning portal that then like with the right support pieces or in the right context enables some some really really silly stuff so like yeah there's there's potential for this card to be uh pretty outrageous um one card that we did skip over that i wanted to mention unless you wanted to go further on bounty board was uh whelp wrangler um like we we've seen this card before and it was broken, right? Like it's well, uh, this adds oh, the whelp to your hand oh. and not to the board. So. Oh, yeah. Never mind. This is a rating it. test. The first I, rating test of the expansion. <laughs> for for what? For those of you wondering, I two mana, two three. At the end of your turn, get a one two whelp with taunt oh. because it says get not summon. That means it's adding it to your yeah. hand and not onto. No, I'm staying on this. That's a great card for hand buff paladin, <laughs> which means we can move on to the next card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They they have sort of thrown out this get word. I, I did look back. Like, they didn't really used to use it that much, but they've been using it with, like, Awaken the Makers. It's, like, gets some full ones and stuff. So, you know, it was getting familiar with the new Hearthstone vernacular. I like it. Get. You know, it's pretty satisfying. Yeah. Uh, Clearly, it doesn't create any confusion at all. <laughs> no. No. Absolutely not. not. All right. Uh, I have one last comment that I want to talk about. I love how we talk about all of these two drops. And then the last one I want to talk about is Azerite Chain Gang. Uh, which is a 4-mana 2-3 with Taunt, Battle Cry, and Quick Draw. Summon a copy of this. So, basically just Power Crep Serenite Chingang, uh, because it also has the upside of if you top deck this and want to play at the same turn, you get three 2-3s instead of just the two from Chingang. I don't know that there's any deck out there that's still playing Chingang. Um, so, I don't, I don't really know how much play this will see, but if you have been playing Chingang, like, if you're still that one person out there playing infinite combo Shutterwalk Shaman with Life Drinkers and stuff, replace your Chain Gangs with this one, your Serenite Chain Gangs with Azerite, and, and then you're good to go. But That's honestly one of those decks that people are always going to be playing. So, like, they, this, this is all always going to be relevant. And, like, there were times where Serenite Chain Gang was, you know, a useful card in Evolve Shaman, and this is just better <laughs> into Evolve Shaman. So... If there's ever more, um, you know, obviously this alone, kind of like the Murloc doesn't bring Evolve Shaman back, but if there's more incentive to play Evolve Shaman, that could be something that you uh, that you see a little bit more of as well. Curves nicely um, before or into a Brass Knuckles or something. So it's, you know, there, there are some other uses outside of that, but it's, it's also just a lot of stats, right? Great for hand buff Paladin. And with that... <laughs> I don't know if Corp actually wants to say anything, but he said Hambo Paladin, so I, I have to transition to the next thing. So, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm going to transition this into a short break, unless you guys have anything else you guys want to talk about here, because the rest of the, these neutral cards seem not very fun, exciting, or good. So, I, I, I mean, it's time to move on. To... Ogres look fun. They look cool. It. They don't look good. So, yeah. Yeah. They look fun. They look fun. So, all right. With that, we're going to take a short break. And uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about some more Priest and Death Knight cards. All right, welcome back, everybody. Let's uh, let's talk about some Death Knight cards. Uh, so, Death Knight, dude, we're getting some Rainbow Death Knight support. I know that's all our favorite thing here in Wild. Um, and so, I mean, let's just kind of go through these really, really quickly. Uh, so, we got Fistful of Corpses. Uh, this is a one mana spell, blood and unholy requirement, though. Deal damage equal to uh, to a minion equal to your corpses. The whole to a minion thing makes me sad because. I feel like. 
It's a one mana on. meow. Come don't, on. Look, dude, the cards aren't playable otherwise. Let's come on. <laughs> corpse explosion with the uh, patrons on board and to just throw a fistful of corpses, that's absurd. I'm okay with that, dude. I'm okay. Death Knight you need something that's not even Death Knight. Like get come on. I I, I say that like if it was actually competitive, I'd be really mad. But Yeah. 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 But nah. Fistful of corpses. I you guys want anything else to say about this before we move on? I think it's a good card. Am I crazy? Like that's that's efficient removal. We've seen that in priest, right? It's effectively well, the uh, if you're the, playing the in a one, spell. it's one mana, so you're not playing in an even shell, no. which means it's going to be not super effective at gaining corpses. So look, I'm I'm talking it's not, about it's not killing the ship's cannon on turn two. It's not killing the void touched on one. Like, is it doing anything we, early in the game when you need it? We frequently evaluate cards based on how much potential they have in the future, and I think that. This is efficient removal for one mana. Something that like plays it, that Death Knight does have a fair amount of, but like if there's more, ever more incentive than C and E to like diversify your runes, I think that this card could be a potentially strong piece in the future. Um, and like this set, one thing that I will say is like you mentioned Rainbow Death Knight, but it is printing a lot of like one and two mixed rune cards that does incentivize some of that uh you know uh multi-rune deck building that people have been asking for for a while so maybe that's that becomes a trend and this becomes a an efficient removal spell in the future or maybe i'm just like huffing on way too much copium my prediction for the death knight set is that a lot of these cards are once again gonna have to have their rune requirements changed and removed and they're gonna drop the uh sort of dual rune requirement and at some point in this expansion we're gonna have a big buff patch for these cards and there's gonna be a big discourse on reddit and twitch and discord and all that about the the fundamentally broken part of runes in death knight and uh you know whether the class needs to have a real big look at itself because I think I think that's just what's gonna happen. Like I, I just think the requirements are too harsh uh, in terms of the deck building costs associated with the stuff, and these cards aren't strong enough by themselves. Um, I mean, obviously in the context of wild, you know, whatever we're really looking at the even cards a lot of the time. But that's uh, really how I feel about a lot of these cards: is that the rune requirement is too harsh, and it's gonna be a big conversation at some point this expansion. We talked a little bit about the excavate mechanic and how Death Knight was going to be one of the classes that kind of took advantage of that. It was one of the kind of core mechanics. Uh, last week, we talked about Harrowing Ox and Reap What You Sow, which were excavate payoffs and a card that does that. Uh, let's talk about the other two cards here uh, that we've gotten. Uh, so we have Pile of Bones, which is a 2-mana two 2-1 two undead with Frost Unholy Requirements. Uh, Death Rattle, the next time you excavate, resummon this. Uh and so kind of like infinite two ones which is kind of cute a little bit of a payoff there uh and then we also have skeleton crew which is a four mana three three undead with a single frost rune requirement uh battle cry excavate a treasure it cost zero so it looks like if you want to be excavating in death knight you're you're in a one unholy one frost minimum right uh splashing the third whatever you want it to be i mean pile of bones seems pretty good skeleton crew seems good if you're excavating the legendary the, the big payoff um and so eh? how are we feeling about excavate stuff uh do we know if pile of bones like goes dormant does it take up a board slot when it's uh waiting to be resummoned or does it just uh come out of thin air if you have the board space oh i do not know 
because that to me is a because what this wants to be is in like a board swarmy deck and that's a pretty critical component if like you're limiting your ability to swarm outside of it so i'd hope that it just poofs into play um if that's the case then maybe that is okay but like i think excavate in general is probably at least in death knight going to be a little bit too slow for uh for wild yeah, I... Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it would go. I assume it would kind of go dormant. That's typically how stuff like this works. I have to imagine, but yeah, because like, what is like, uh, but like something like Sharers and what, like, what does that say? That actually says like be dormant, right? Yeah, it says go dormant. Um, Same with like Thor, Thorbalor and, and things like that. It, it specifically yeah. says. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess not. I guess like because it doesn't. Or yeah, the uh, the warrior card, right? The that one says go dormant. So yeah, I guess it just pops into play. Yeah, I, we also haven't talked about the the legendary treasure that you can excavate, so I think we should probably note that, and that's the uh, the Azerite Rat, um, which is a four mana five five uh, elemental beast, battle cry, uh, resurrect your highest cost minion, give it plus two plus two reborn and life steal, pretty insane payoff uh, if you if you excavate that fourth time. So it, very much an incentive for you to do the excavating stuff. Yeah, well, it's just the nature of excavating is that it's inherently slow developing. Yeah. <laughs> um, something that's kind of an interesting synergy with this is Death Growl. Uh, <laughs> because the 8-mana 5-1, like, right? Uh, oh, Death Growl, the pile of bones onto other minions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and you could, you could do some very silly things with that, probably. Yeah, no, that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, all right. I mean, excavating in general. Yep. Yes or no? Oh, bad. Oh, bad. bad. And wild. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. It's, it's because it's because ex again, it's the the nature of excavate uh, without you know severe mana cheat like um, more than skeleton crew. Uh, like excavate is going to be quite slow. Um, there's not enough even cards to excavate either, which uh, is obviously something like the first thing you look at. Um, but yeah, there's not quite enough. So, sad times. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to talk about a couple of other cards here really, 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 really quickly. We have Corpse Farm, which is a three mana, one unholy spell. Spend up to eight corpses to summon a random minion of that cost. Dream Curve, Plague Grain, Plague Grain, Corpse Farm on three to summon a random eight drop. Boom, wins you the game. And then you get a 3-8, and it does nothing. Oh, you get a whole 3-8? I get a 1-1 one, one high reek the bat off my corpse farm. Yeah, uh, we, have... Good. <laughs> uh, we have crop rotation, 3-mana, 1 unholy spell. Uh, summon 4 one, one undeads with rush that die at the end of the turn. I mean, it's like bees, except you don't get to keep the cards. And it's also worse than bees, because it doesn't bypass taunt. So. But you also get to choose the targets on the trade. So yeah, you can split it up. Better. It's... Yeah. It's probably fine in your Rainbow Reno Death Knight. Boom. Uh, Generates a lot of corpses for a fistful of corpses. It does do that, yes. Um, but it doesn't do it on turn one, so, you know, card's obviously useless. Uh, <laughs> we have Farmhand, 3-mana, 4-3, Undead, 2-1 Holy Rune requirement. Battlecry, Discover an Undead, Quick Draw, it costs 2 less. Uh, I feel like we've had the discussion multiple times where Undead minions kind of kind of suck. So, uh, even if you're getting, like, a discount on them i don't even know that it's worth so yeah all right let's move on uh to the two legendaries here we have ma and paw if you guys haven't <laughs> seen the art for this i highly recommend checking it it's 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 great uh four mana uh, legendary minion for a one eight undead one blood rune one unholy rune requirement 
At the end of your turn, gain five corpses. At the start of your turn, spend five corpses to give your hero plus five health. That's got a big butt as well, so it's not gonna die very easily. And uh, it like it feeds itself, right? If you're not doing any other stuff, it's feeding itself. Again, this feels great in your Reno Death Knight decks. Uh, do we like this anywhere else? I, I see what this card is, and it's just not it for a while. What it is is it's a way to spend corpses in Rainbow, Reno, Rainbow Death Knight so that you can actually do something with CNE. The problem is is that like in a while, getting to that CNE is the hard part, not not necessarily spending the corpses. So it's a... Uh, it's an interesting it's this card. I'm glad they released it. I don't think that it's wild playable. It's so weird. It's such a weird card. The stat line's weird. The effect is weird. It's bizarre. The art is weird. It looks like oh, you it's... know, the art is great, dude. So the art is great. That's a famous painting. Yeah, 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 I know, but like for Hearthstone, it's just like very like whoa. Uh, that's well, like it's very it. Hearthstone, right? I... Taking something yeah. so like no, uh, that's. It, it, this card is peak Hearthstone as far as I'm concerned. I'm just a little sad it's on an unplayable card for a while because that means we're not yeah. going to see it very much. Um, all right. The actual playable Death Knight card here, though, for a while. Uh, let's talk about Reska the Pit Boss. 20 mana. Whoa, dude. Did I just say a 20 mana card's playable in wild? Wow. Um, one unholy, one frost rune requirement for a 6-3 undead minion. A lot of text here. Rush. Cost one less for each minion that died this game. Important to note, it counts enemy minions as well, and it counts while she's in the deck. Okay, so you can top deck a zero mana Reska, the pit boss. She also has a really powerful death rattle that you might have seen before. Death rattle, take control of a random enemy minion. So theoretically, zero mana 6-3 undead with rush, death rattle, Sylvanas effect. Seems pretty strong in, in your even death knight decks. I guess the issue is that you would have to not be triple unholy, because that means no... Grave Strength. Um, is this card powerful enough to consider cutting that card, or are we down to no one play or no playables <laughs> for for death? Um, I I, would... <laughs> I don't know. I think it's worth at least considering. I don't know if necessarily it's an upgrade over. It's probably not an upgrade over Marogar in most cases, right? Because if you've had, if you assume you've had twenty minions die, you've had a lot of corpses banked. Or the the Marigar, and that's going to be a game-ending threat. This is a nice support piece, but not a game-ending card like Marigar is. I, that said, I think it's strong and has potential again in the future, especially in something that like maybe is looking to make use of a crop rotation or a fistful of corpses. So if they keep beating this uh, Rainbow Death Knight in the future, I think this is I, it's a card that can go to zero. I think that's always worth taking a look at. It's got some you know consideration with death growl it's a huge tempo swing um you know you can you can give a reborn you can do all the kinds of stuff so i think it's one to keep an eye on but maybe not immediately super impactful yeah death knight is the class that is most restricted in terms of you know like choosing the cards you can play before you even like really think about what you're doing with the deck builder like it already filters out so much because the mana happened to be even and then you know, you kind of can only really play with the unholy cards when you're talking about like the competitive stuff because I, it's hard to see this being better than Maragard Grave Strength together. Even when you do think about picking up some very other good cards like uh, the Saurian, I forgot how to say it. The four drop that card's really good. 
Um, but it's probably still going to have to be triple unholy for even Death Knight. Um, that's a yeah. This is super powerful. Uh, awesome card works so well with excavate with the rat um as the highest cost minion resummon give it reborn that's crazy lifestyle that's awesome with the rat. like it's perfect it's obviously the intention of the card um it's just you're probably not going to see a lot of that in wild <laughs> so uh we'll say again this might be a card that i can definitely see them just like oh, just dropping one of the rune requirements just the, oh, where'd that frost rune go like a month and a half two months into the expansion we'll see um, and then if that happens, it's very, very, very exciting for even Death Knight. Um, but until then, I think, I think Maragars is too good, dude. Maragar just, like Robble said, it, it ends it. It's a game ender. All right. Summon up the Death Knight class, though. Zero out of five scale. Where, where, what, what number are we giving it? For, for wild, obviously. For wild? Um. Are, are we bold enough to, to give it one of these? I mean, I, I won't give a zero because I think that it can still use the neutral two-drop coin maker. So I'll give it a one out of five for wild. But I mean, like every set's going to suck for Death Knight. Death Knight needs to be judged on a curve, man. Like it's not fair um, when it doesn't have the pool that everyone else has. My opinion of the Death Knight set is heavily, heavily clouded by the fact that I've been playing a lot of duels. So I see these cards and I'm like, that looks fun, man. So... <laughs> <laughs> So I, I don't know what to tell you. These look fun to me. <laughs> I, I think they look fun. I just don't know that any of them are going to be competitive. I think it was just my issue normally when it comes to Death Knight stuff, which is That's fair. very unfortunate. Um, all right. Let's pivot here. Let's talk about some Priest cards. Um, so Priest has one of their sub-themes being One Cost Matters, uh, which is a really weird thing for, for Priest. Um, so let's start with kind of the cycle of I don't know what to call them. I'm going to call them bottle cards, but I, there has to be a better name. <laughs> um, but we have Holy Spring Water, which is a two-mana holy spell that says, Restore eight health to a damaged character. Save any excess in a one-cost bottle. So for all of the spells that I'm going to talk about, uh, the excess gets stored in a one-mana spell. And so it'll say, okay, one-mana, restore four health to a damaged character. Um, because if you only healed four off the two-mana spell, your one missile is going to cost four. So all of them are going to work in a very similar way. Uh, you have Invasive Shade Leaf, which is a 4-mana Shadow Spell that deals 8 to an enemy minion, saves the excess in a 1-cost bottle. And then you have Swarm of Light Bugs, which is a 5-mana spell. Summon 10 1-1 Light Bugs with Lifesteal, save any excess into a 1-cost bottle. So kind of like the three core things, board healing damage. And then you have one of your big payoffs. You have Pip the Potent, 4-mana uh, 3-5, Battle Cry. Copy each 1-cost card in your hand. So obviously works with the bottles, but works with any other one-cost spells that you might have lying around in the huge card pool that is wild. So she seems like a very <coughs> potent legendary. Uh, and then you also have a, a nice payoff here with Thirsty Drifter, which is a 6-mana 4-6 taunt. Costs one less for each one-cost card you've played this game. 0-mana 4-6. Seems pretty good. Um, so yeah, guys. One-cost one priest, which is yeah every wild deck. So, yeah. That's what every wild deck wants to be is a one cost deck. Um, I think that like the uh, the bottle cards or whatever you want to call them, uh, those don't seem terribly appealing. They're flexible. Uh, flexible isn't good enough in in wild oftentimes. Um, Pip also has maybe some uh, appeal. Uh, you could copy Inner Fire. You could copy um, Potion of Madness. That way you could Potion of Madness 
uh, inner fire combo and then save the uh, the remaining copies for next game. Um, but it does give you like the flexibility to go in over the course of multiple turns because like three of your primary combo pieces are one mana spells, right? Wave, uh, potion, inner fire. So like maybe you could use one as a clear as a result of pip. Probably not something worth running as a result. So I think like the big standout here is the thirsty boy because um, anything that can cost zero is uh, is an appealing card to consider, right? He's got he's got a nice stat line and he can come down with taunt at zero mana. So if there's a deck that can get enough uh, one mana cards to justify that, like that's that's the payoff. Yeah, uh, thirsty drifter definitely the. Um, the most obvious, like, strong payoff that we have here in, in Priest, like, I think it'll see playing Shadow Priest, um, you know, just ditch some of the two costs that are already kind of the more mediocre cards in the deck, like Ship's Cannon and Cult Neophyte, place them with, I don't know, like, a Lepernome and Iron Deep Trog. Iron Deep Trog and Cult, they're kind of the same thing, whatever, like, you'll get your Drifter down on turn three, turn four for very low mana cost a lot of time, that's really good. Um... The preset is always weird. Like, Priest always gets the weirdest, trickiest sets to evaluate. I, I think that that's pretty universally true. Like, I think I think it's just hard to evaluate Priest stuff. For me, personally, like, it's really complicated. Like, I always suck at evaluating Priest stuff, because Priest just makes use of weird stuff in weird, unexpected ways. Um, just kind of the way it works. But some of the things that stood out to me... Um, Holic Springwater being a 2-mana deal 8... No, I didn't say heal eight. I said deal eight because if you play it with like Phantasm, Embrace of Shadows, the card that came out last set, the um, the Caval Caval Deer, like your next healing card deals damage instead. Uh, that becomes two mana deal eight, and that's that's a lot of damage. That's <laughs> that's a ton of damage. Uh, there's also stuff you can do with Pip, like again in that sort of Embrace healing deck where Pip can copy up your Flash Shields, your Renews, your Light of the Naru, your uh, all, all that kind of stuff. Or if you have, like, palm reading and discounted spring water, it could copy your spring waters. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're looking at a lot of damage potentially. So I think Pip is very, very interesting with combo potential. Uh, Holy Spring Water is very interesting as combo, but also is just, like, burn damage. Um, so I, I really like that. And, yeah, and then in addition to that, I think Thirsty Drifter is kind of the most obvious card that uh, is very good for the, for the preset. So... Overheal stuff is a little hard to make work in Wild because we lost its best card in Clergy. <laughs> um, you know, it happens. But some of the other stuff is pretty appealing. Uh, less focusing on the bottles, but like more focusing on the going face and killing people. Yeah, Going face tends to be good in this format, so I've heard. Um, also, last potent joke, I swear, but you guys are missing the most potent combo with Pip, and that is raise deads to put two Astral Automatons in your hand and then play Pip to copy all your Astral Automatons and then play more Astral Automatons and, and then, you know, you do the thing. Um, but it also means you're playing second minion in your deck, so don't do that. But, I don't know. I, I I agree with you. I In general, about the preset, but also about all the other evaluations of the cards. I, I think Springwater being two-minute deal eight is actually the most interesting part of that card, not the, the whole healing thing. Um, all right. We also have... Uh, Elise, which we talked about last week, which is a Highlander payoff card. I'm going to mention the card Tram Heist, but don't even bother reading this card or worrying about it because it's absolutely garbage and unplayable in every format. Um, hey, hey, hey. It's don't, really don't even, good. With don't, don't, don't you dare. 
No. <laughs> and the tongue waggle and they can't ever stop it back. It's even hemet proof, so you can just hem it to delete your deck and then you just have tog waggle and tram heist. What are they gonna do? We have posse possession. Four mana oh. shadow spell. <laughs> Summon a four four copy of a random minion in your opponent's hand. I thought we were about to get four mana shadow essence, I was kind of excited. Um <clears throat> Yeah. Uh posse possession. Eh, eh. Especially in wild with super synergistic minions seems not very good. I, I, I think Tram Heist is a much better card than Posse Possession. <laughs> what are we That's talking about lot, here? That card's bad. Um, all right, and then we have two three drops. Uh, we have Benevolent Banker, three mana, two four. Battle Cry, discover a spell from your deck. Quick draw, enemy deck instead. Uh, so on the surface, this is a three mana Thrive, right? It, you, one mana for a two four attached to your Thrive. You obviously lose that on the spell synergies that you get with Thrive, uh, like Palm Reading and Love Everlasting. 3 mana 2-4 discover spell from your deck doesn't seem the worst thing in the world. Uh, it's kind of funny that the quick draw feels like a downside uh, with this card because you generally are going to be wanting to discover cards from your deck rather than your opponents. But uh, It does yoink the card, though. So, mm -hmm. like, it removes it from your opponent's deck. It would be probably more relevant if it were minion because there are, like, more single-card minion win conditions than there are single-card spell win conditions. That was probably intentional. But it does like actually remove the card from their deck for whatever that's worth. Would have been really nice when we still had Tony Druid and stuff flying around the format. So, yeah, I don't know. Still, eh, a benevolent banker. No, I'm with you. I think most of the time, like the, uh, the 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 quick draw is a downside. You would rather have a card from your deck than your opponent's deck if you're just like drawing a card, right? So, um, weird weird uh way to disincentivize a uh, quick draw i can maybe say it in reno priest like maybe i feel like we can say know. that about every card though with how reno priest well, are built these days so yeah yeah but like yeah having having a third copy of like your thrive slash shadow visions it's not terrible or, or even just for the disrupt aspect like i know that that's like maybe as the I, outside but for reno priest it might be fine as, as well it is like it's the first time you're actually discovering a card from your opponent's deck too, so you get choices on that. It's just like yeah. what spells are going to be relevant to disrupt. I guess is the thing. Celestial alignment, maybe, <laughs> but they are they always have that in hand anyway. Symphony of Sins. You're missing the obvious one. Sorry, oh. Luna's Pocket Galaxy. Nobody's playing Symphony anymore <laughs> because of yeah, but they the will nerf. once God gets nerfed. Come on. All right. Uh, the last card that we're going to talk about today, we have Injured Hauler. Uh, poor Injured Blademaster getting power crept. What is this? Hearthstone, come on. Uh, three mana, three seven. Battle Cry, deal four damage to this minion. Overheal, deal two damage to all enemy minions. Some overheal synergy. It's really hard for me to get excited about overheal, because like you mentioned, the, the best overheal, the best reason to play overheal is not legal in the format, because clergy is kind of banned. Um... And so, because of that, I'm really, it's really hard to be excited about overheal cards. Uh, so, I don't really know where to go with this. Uh, straight into the trash can is where you go with this. Feels bad. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. It's real tough. I mean, card's pretty good if it, like, comes back up and animate dead or whatever. But, man, overheal stuff is, it's rough. Yeah. Bring back Clergy. Come on, Blizzard. Just ban, ban the funnel cakes. All, all, all will be okay. Um, alright, just like with the Demon Hunter set, sorry, not the Demon Hunter, Death Knight set, dude, I, it's been like two years at this point, I still keep doing that, uh, zero out of five, 
how do you guys want to rate this preset? Right, excited? There's obviously you talked about Spring Water, Thirsty Drifter, Pip, and there's Arena card in here, so it obviously has to be higher than what we gave for uh, for Death Knight, right? Um, I'll be honest, it, like after I don't know how to assign number values, so I'm not going to. <laughs> but like, I Come think on, it's man, more, for the content. I think it's more interesting after this discussion that we've had um, than I initially thought. Uh, things like I, I missed the holy spring water. I missed the potential like tog shenanigans with tram heist. Like that's interesting. It's, um, it's not real, Raffle. Don't do it. Don't don't subject yourself to that. Not I mean, the there tra- are the already ways that you could like you already have Mirazond and that kind of thing. So obviously it's not real, but like it's it's new. It's interesting. Um, I just completely never saw Pip the potent. So like again, uh, the this discussion is. Uh, Maybe feel a little bit better about Priest than I was uh, going into the call. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm gonna, I'm trying not to be like too harsh uh, on sets in general because it's very easy for like a lot of cards to not make it in a wild. But the fact that the preset has me thinking, it has me like deck building. Um, I'm saying kind of like a two and a half or a three out of five. I will assign the value uh, for the content. Know, I appreciate it, but for me out, but not even just <laughs> it's for, for the content, for dude. So that people can judge you in six months when you come back and listen to this, and they're like, "Wow, you gave this broken preset a two out of five. You're crazy." I, I think I, I think I'm gonna have to give it a three at the minimum because I think Thirsty Drifter is just way too strong, and the other cards are interesting. So there you go. Dr- Drifter definitely seems like it's gonna be a staple, uh, just in, in kind of aggressive pre-stacks. Um, I'd be interested to see the combo potential. Like we, you've mentioned already with with spring water, but I'm wondering if like Pip kind of helps that. Um, I mean, just copying stuff. Do you have enough one mana spells? Like you just want to play this and copy like two power word shields, and now you have four power word shields, and that's like good enough in, in a certain style of deck potentially. Um, and then obviously Elise is Highlander payoff card, so you know people are gonna love that. I still haven't found like a really good way to abuse that that card, but. You know, the way cards. you abuse it is that you play it on turn eight on curve, right. and then you <laughs> get a whole bunch of tempo when you say, "Wow!" But like, what if if they're just good. vanilla minions? Is that even worth it? I know, I know, we have this yeah. whole discussion of they, tempo good, but is it is it even yeah, worth they, it? The way you abuse this card is you is you get a bunch of stats. You play an eight mana twenty one twenty one. I think if I think if you bend over backwards trying to like get perfect value off of this card you make your deck worse <laughs> and that's like a thing that you want to avoid doing arena priest players have no problems doing that though so there, there might be a couple cards for elise that are kind of on the fringes that you obviously swap in because the elise like a card that comes to mind might be like Ziliax, which is not great at all in shadow priest but it already works okay with like cathedral so it's not like the worst thing to have um and then obviously off the elise it's very very strong so like Maybe Meowth, we can get that. Maybe we can just sneak up that power level that little bit to make you feel better about it. Um, and you'll continue to play it on curve and get four vanilla minions, and you'll be happy about it. Yeah, yeah. You're, I mean, the I mean, fact is, you're not wrong. All right, which is like the worst you, part. So you I, you play it on curve, you get three vanilla minions and either the colossal or the titan, and you're ecstatic, right? Like that. So you're you don't again, you don't need to change your deck building for that. You just like play the cards that are already there. I think is, yeah. But what what if we play the newly buffed Awaken the Makers, and so we're also playing some Death Rattle stuff to to help buff that. I get out go of the back to my previous statement and say uh, <laughs> you're making your deck worse. So do not yeah. pass go. Do not go pop. <laughs> yeah. oh, my bad. My bad. All right. So two classes and all the neutrals. Uh, 
I, I know I saw some people not super high on the set when we just saw the neutrals, which is like bold of you to make statements like that, guys, when we've only seen the neutrals. But even it's, then, uh, it's almost well, like they're neutrals. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's also very bold of people to make that claim after we just saw uh, Prison Breaker slip through the cracks. So like, <laughs> like even the most recent memory should be like, hey, maybe I shouldn't underestimate neutral cards. We, we just still have four people... neutrals nerfed, by the way, in the latest patch. So. Right. And still people can't help themselves, but like assume that things are going to be weaker than they inevitably will be. Um Again, but uh, this is especially true of wild players where, like, we just need to be comfortable with the fact that we get a handful of cards for the uh, for our format every expansion. That's been the case for years now. It's not like anything, anything to the contrary is a severe balance problem <laughs> that needs to be like <laughs> that, that needs some intervention. So, <laughs> like, when that's not the case, people complain. So, um, and complain louder. So, it, it's just. Give it some time, wait and see. Um, it takes a lot of, uh, especially novel uh, cards with different uh, mechanics or things like interactions that we haven't seen before. Take time to sort out, take time to uh, tinker with before we can actually get an accurate assessment of them. Yeah. All right, so uh, I think it's about time here uh, for us to wrap up. Before we do though, uh, I do wanna make sure to let people know that we, we do have a giveaway courtesy of Blizzard. Um, so for all of you guys that, you know, stick with us all the way to the end, you guys are getting rewarded with a little thing here that I didn't mention at the beginning. Totally not because I forgot, but we're going to ignore that. Um, but we have a, a BlizzCon legendary bundle. Thanks. Uh, thanks to Blizzard to give away standard giveaway procedures. Make sure you guys just click that link down in the description, like two or three questions that you guys have to answer. And then boom, you guys are entered to give, uh, into the giveaway. Uh, and I'll be picking that, uh, you know, later this week, but Circling back to you guys, thanks for joining me. I know we're in the middle of card review season. You guys are going to get a lot more episodes in the next couple of weeks than we, we have had. Uh, no no, no week-long breaks this time. Um, but thanks again for joining me. Hopefully you guys are excited about the new stuff. Uh, and let the people know where they can find you guys uh, in your content. Uh, yeah, you can find me as the uh, the newest member of the Professional Duels uh, community in Hearthstone. Streaming on Twitch and YouTube with uh, daily 12-ish runs. Uh, win runs uh, over on YouTube these days that uh, have left me spending a lot of time editing. I mean, if you round a number to 12, it's always 12 wins. Yeah, so you it's... just round to the nearest 12. Round <laughs> to the nearest 12. <laughs> Perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at twitch.tv slash Corbett or uh, Corbett Games on YouTube and Twitter. Yeah, you guys can find me at GetMeOff on all those platforms. Uh, thanks again for all of you guys that listen to every episode all the way to the end. Appreciate you guys a ton. And we'll see you guys again next time. Later.